We got a little, we're doing a bit of an early cast today. Yeah, this might be the earliest one on record. You think so? I like it though. I'm a morning I'm, guy. You are a morning guy. I'm yeah. a morning You're guy. You're a little Whoa, Mr. Nimoy. I'm still going through puberty. <laughs> Yeah, because we're always texting early in the morning. It'll be like some guitar at nine in the morning. Like, check this thing out. Yeah, here's a, here's a glut of 40 lanes real fast. <laughs> check out all these. Did you see the new Premier Guitar squires? article? Yeah, exactly. About... Did you read the exact same article that yeah. I read already on Music Radar? Totally. Or Premier Guitar, one of those. I, I get very few up. notifications on Chrome, but Guitar Player and, and Premier Guitar are the two that I've like allowed. Really? Yeah. I've still never to this day. You know what it's always ever, like? I know. Yeah. I've allow? never allowed that. Uh, oh, dude, I've done it by accident. Guitar. It's the worst, man. If you do it by accident, like it's some like news channel or something thing and then it's just like all day long uh, don't yeah, recommend I, it I've, i feel like i'm constantly trying to get rid of chrome it's such a ridiculous resource hog chrome but oh. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll, I'll try to i'll try yeah. firefox i'll go back to whatever edge i'll try whatever new browser of the day comes mm -hmm. around and usually it just chrome feels a little snappier and cleaner and i like my extensions but i also don't like everything just like google controlling it all man i don't like them controlling it but it is convenient i think just to be like you're logged in like if you click email it just opens up your well, shit I, like, yeah for sure all that stuff it's my gmail's there do all my google docs come hack all of my stuff um Speaking of stuff that's in there, uh, let's just get into the symphony. In there. Uh, here's your, uh, you know, I feel like we, yeah, let me do that again. Because, let's try another intro. Well, it's I want to, I want to, what I want to, I realize that I, we talk a lot on the show, like for, like we assume people have listened every single episode yeah. and remember every single thing that we've ever they talked do, about. They do, don't they? And, and, you know, I want to, I want to be inclusive of our new listeners. And I think we've been getting, getting a lot more of those recently. So cool. I'm just going to be a little more expensive explanatory i guess about some things let's do it man we got symphony time. of corrections this is where we correct stuff that we've said wrong but it's also started to become more of a catch-all just for like random uh business that we need to take care of mm -hmm. here here at gearbuds podcast episode 47 47 wow it's don't have old. anything anything fancy to say about the number 47 it's getting old it's getting old uh here's your reminder cables are tone tubes uh the reason that i that i even thought to start getting to this is because we're starting to take tone tubes a little more seriously yeah i want to talk about that today uh it's uh, by popular demand i never intended to make cables but it turns out people are starting to ask for them and, and we really like making them so this is uh the world is now being put on notice we're we're, we're doing a lot of prototyping right now we're trying a lot of different cables and connectors and getting all that stuff together. I think it's great, man. I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but you know, you guys make a quality product. So, Oh man. Follow wow. through, man. Thanks for the plug. That I love nice. using my tone too. We're taking home. our time. We've, we've had the, it's kind of, and we'll, we'll obviously come back to this. We're, I, I don't want to talk any, about any specifics, but we got asked to do like this kind of big thing. And, uh, now with, with the way that the all the stuff's going down with COVID nineteen, coronavirus, everything, all these events getting canceled, tours getting canceled. I'm not sure when, if or if that's still going to happen. Or you get not, a little so. more time to plan out your business plan of it. Totally, though, you know, yeah. So. so we're we're taking our time. We're yeah, we're, we're trying it out. We're uh, we're you know we're we're not taking it too seriously, but we're taking it just seriously enough. I yeah. hope you take the work seriously, like those cables. I'm telling you, take the work seriously. But yeah, no, we're it's it's more about making it making it a, a wink and a nod and, yeah. a, and a funny experience. Especially for all, those uh, those gearbuds listeners, you know. Yeah, well, they hear you hear here first, folks. Uh, tone tubes, not cables. I think that's actually going to be the website, tone tubes, not cables. I like it. Yeah. Uh, but that we haven't bought any of that shit yet. All right. So, uh, been plugging myself for a little while. Let's continue to keep plugging. Sure. Follow us on the Instagram and the Facebook, man. I just want to make it clear. Like 
you're killing it on Facebook these days, man. Oh, buddy, you know, you're, I it's a qual it's a quality like and follow. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, that means a lot. I, I just try to keep it random, keep it fun. You never know if you're going to see a picture or a video uh, of a concert. You don't know. You never know, and I never know. Uh, it's I like that you're starting to do a little more. Like, hey, here's this. Here's the thing we talked about on the podcast. Right. Here's a thing from that. That's yeah. that's a smart idea. It keeps it different from the Instagram, which is more just kind of like constant, unique content. Mm-hmm. Us taking picture Photos, pictures of yeah. our own gear and right. sometimes videos here and there. But mm-hmm. it's all it's all original content it's all of our stuff that we're we're putting out it's a lot of fun i mean for me it kind of gets my mind out of the work mode for like you know half an hour or whatever i do kind of search around and also we get some topics to talk about on here if you know if we want to add them to the list so and hey if you're uh if you've got anything that you want to see us put in those things maybe tell us yeah throw some suggestions Uh, please follow us we already said that subscribe spotify apple podcast stitcher google play whatever uh because if you do, then you can go back and listen to every single episode, just like uh, episode 46 that we had last week mm-hmm. with, wow, amazing friend, amazing dude, Soren Peterson from Sure. That was one of my favorite episodes, man. I'm glad to hear you say that. I, was... I, I feel like we don't always say that. Yeah. I don't know. He was just but super cool. But recently, we have been saying that pretty much every week, I think. like It's like, whoa, how are we going to top that one? And yeah, then the one with Mark the sudden, week before. Yeah, and, and Pepper the week before yeah. that. Like, Soren just came in and blew our dang minds. Yeah. Awesome dude taught me so much about the mics we're using right now and mm-hmm. just recording in general and made me laugh my ass off so go yeah. back go back and listen to that one probably sold a few shures after that sold episode. a couple two tree <laughs> sm7s and mv88s and um man i can't wait i mean you know the invite he extended the invitation for us to come check it out and i we have to maybe next week i don't know let's see i mean there's a lot of crazy shit going on yeah, right now but we'll maybe figure it out. Hit, him, hit him up and see uh see because i I just want to go in that anechoic chamber and see if I lose my mind. I know, me too. Maybe we, maybe we don't make it to episode fifty because I <laughs> fucking went crazy yeah. in the silent chamber there. We should do a podcast out of that chamber that's just with the dead oh, silence. Sound great. It'd be crazy. Oh, horrible. I, I don't think I, there are like world records around how long you can stay oh inside God. those rooms. Really? You know what I mean? And it's not that long. So awesome. Yeah, let's see if we die in there. Uh, go listen to that. Uh, because you get to hear us talk about more stuff like basically freaking out about this whole drum situation I'm in right now. Yeah. Which I want to talk about. I want to talk we, about we drums got a little today. Bit. Yeah, let's, let's, I, we don't talk about drums enough on this podcast. We don't talk about drums enough. And we've been had we've had so many amazing guests on recently. I just haven't been able to talk about all the weird and random gear that's come through. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's our roots here. Yeah, I was really excited to catch up today because I knew that we would have a lot to talk about. <sighs> I know. Yeah, the list has been growing long here. <laughs> it's good, though. It's uh, good. So... Got some. Got my first drum kit. We talked about that a little bit, but now I've got it like set up, and I started using it, and now it's like, man. It, well, it's tell a, the people who uh, what you got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a late seventies Ludwig. I still don't think that I don't think that there were like different series or anything at that point. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it was just like that the, was the, the drum. Ludwig drums that came out basically in the year seventy eight or whatever. Right, right. And I can tell that the way that the badges are and from the research that I've done and the good friends that I have who know things about this, it's hard to say exactly what year something is based on it. You can, you can say ranges of years usually. And mine's either a 78 or 79 it appears, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I probably never will. And that's okay. It's got a, I think awesome, but also kind of delightfully ugly blue oyster wrap. I love it. It's like a bowling ball. 
but the thing that's happened is, well, first of all, the drums are amazing, but now it's like, all right, I've got to like do all the cymbals and hardware thing. Did you ever think like, I always thought I could never be a drummer cause I would end up like forgetting one piece of something at a show or like something. It's so yeah. much gear to take. It's so much gear. Like all the hardware and, and all the little, back. even like, um, like tuners and everything, the man. The washers, the lugs, the... Ugh clutches and whatnot yeah, and i don't have any of it like you know if i were to try to put together a, a new guitar rig right now it'd be easy because i just have a little bids and bobs laying around yeah. but i have it turns out i, I thought i had, had a no drum, drum key the the drum key that i have is definitely right. not actually a drum key it's six-sided it turns the out they're all four yeah. and so even that uh that's fun but I did do something cool. So I've got the drums all set up and I don't have cymbals yet, but I did bring, I have the Nord drum three P that's awesome. So you're using it as a symbol. I'm using, I, or just for everything. I have it in the place where a hi hat symbol would typically go. Uh, and I do miss having hi hats and I'm, and I'm going to get some actual real ones, but I've been kind of using analog sort of sounding sample or not. They're not samples They're analog. It's a synthesizer. They're synthesized sounds, but they kind of sound like hi hats, mm -hmm. but then also just like other crazy wacky sounds and like even uh, melodies or like uh, pitches. So I can play melodies with the drums while I'm wow. doing stuff. That it's could really, be a new thing, man. I mean, really it's fun. not like the newest thing. No, but other like, people do it. You guys could, you guys will. could go in that direction. Yeah. Like. The thing is, is like, you know, I'm not the drummer of the band. So it's uh, like the, any drummer could play the parts that I've come up with. Uh, but, you said, yeah. I had a question. You said that they left, um, you know, the guy who had the place before you kind of like, there's a bunch of stuff kind of stored away and said you could have access to it. Have you taken advantage of any of that? Oh, like, yeah. like some hardware Man, and stuff? It's crazy how much gear is in that room. It's in my new space. It's just like, yeah, there's been a lot of bands in and out of there over the years. A lot of people have left stuff. Sure. Of course, mostly trash. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so we'll come back to this, but we've been doing a lot of cleaning in there. Uh, but so the drum situation, there's this whole loft full of stuff. And I think a lot of it was water damaged at one point. Mm -hmm. Like there's really nice old drums and stuff in there, but I think some of it's kind of fucked up. Um, I'm allowed to kind of use any of that stuff. I think in terms of like having, I've had conversations with the dude and it seems like there's some stuff that I can just like sort of have. There's, I, I pulled like kind of a beat up uh, kick drum pedal. I'm still going to re replace that, but You're it using works it for, for now. now. Yeah. I've got some other cymbal stands and that sort of stuff, a snare stand. Uh, so I was able to, you know, get my snare set up. And that actually will probably just suffice until, like, these drums are designed for me to, to play because I like playing drums and to record. But I don't ever see these being the drums that are, go out to gigs or anything like oh, that, okay. you know. So, I mean, if that happens, that's fine. But the, to me, these are more like my drums that are just going to live at the space and yeah. be recorded. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not really thinking, like, I don't have drum bags or uh, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. The There's so much shit. Maybe eventually I would get yeah. that stuff. And, and in fact, probably having just like soft bags at least is a good idea. But, um, yeah, so there's, I, I did get the kick pedal and I, I have like the, the necessary things, but I'm still going to want to upgrade all of it. You don't have any symbols you know? yet. I don't have any symbols yet. However, last night I went, um, and hung out with a friend, uh, our good friend of the podcast, Sam Porter. What's up, buddy. Yep. Amazing musician in the band, Kali Masi, as well as a photographer. And, uh, we played little settlers of Catan. First time I ever did that. And, uh, his brother was there and his brother is, uh, also a touring dude, live sound guy, but he's a drummer. And he was, he randomly brought up the fact that he was going to sell some symbols. I was like, Oh man, crazy. Like I'm, I'm in the market to buy some symbols. I was like, well, you know, like, unfortunately though, I, I have very specific taste of the things that I'm looking to get. And he was like, Oh, well I like, I'm trying to sell a 22 inch Zildjian K ride, a dry Sweet. ride. And I was like, that is literally the exact yeah. ride that I'm trying to buy right now. So, cool. um, you know, 
gonna gonna definitely get try to buy a symbol. He's we've already been texting today, but it's I'm it's interesting because this is one of the things I want to talk about is how exciting it's been for me as a non-drummer yep. to be putting together a drum rig and like just connect with drum buddies and and talk to people that i haven't in a while mm-hmm. and and it kind of made me think about i don't even honestly i can't even remember what episode it is but one of the early early episodes we talked about just kind of like if you're a beginner what should you do like what questions should you ask right, i think right. it was a listener question what you know what should we do and one of the things that we talked about was like hit up your friends that know more about yeah. the thing that you do Always. and i've now it's been a while but i've been i i'm now in a position yeah. where i've been able to do that you have to put it in practice yeah and i've even and and so beyond the drum stuff i'm, I'm also putting together maybe may or may not be putting together a bass rig right now and that's led me to being able to ask you some random shit that was like fun too. i was on the hunt the other day i know right <laughs> learning i learned everything there is to yeah, know about it, ash man. down bass caps anything you need regarding bass stuff please ask I feel like yeah, so it's I mean we're fi- almost almost fifty episodes deep on this thing, and I feel like I feel myself going back to a place where we were. It's like full circle. This full circle cycle Love of, of tone. Almost uh, the one year anniversary too coming up here. That's what May. May. Yeah, we got a couple we'll months. Be there. Hopefully, hopefully we make it that Hell far. Yeah, man. Um. So yeah, man. Been 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 doing the been doing the gear stuff. Got uh. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's right. So I uh the do uh, the way that I got those drums. I think I told the story last week was just like the, the trade, perfect right? trade yeah and he actually met, texted me this morning uh with some other drums that he just got because he saw another the gretsch that i have for sale he saw that listing and it was and like now i think he like thinks i'm yeah. like this drummer that would like be like oh yeah i'm I just selling all buy this stuff. another <laughs> drum another rare drum kit. what was the kit it's this 70s pearl and i can't remember now but it's this kind of like strange this strange material, it's not made out of wood or metal like a normal drum. It's like this other kind it's of not thing. That, that Fiber, they're fiberglass. Are they clear? I, no, they're not oh. clear. But he sent me the picture. They look cool. I was just like, dude, I'm like not an actual drummer. I just bought those drums because or traded for those yeah. drums because I wanted a drum kit. But like, I don't need another rare right. vintage drum kit. Yeah. I'm, and then he's like, oh, trying to trying to wheel and deal with me, sending me more stuff. I was like, I'm specifically looking for these two snares and these symbols. Like, right. if you have yeah. any of those, I'm down to to talk about it. But that's like that's all I'm looking for. And of course, he didn't. So he's like, oh, yeah. keep my eyes out. That's but it's like I'm now part of this like drum trading community. I think you mentioned before you even met the guy. I think you were like, oh, I, I bet he's like a drummer who just has like all this extra stuff. Like totally. before you got the other set. Yeah. So there it is. Oh, and in the photo that he sent, you can clearly see other drums, like a rack <laughs> of snares in the background and stuff. So wow. he's definitely uh, he's definitely a, a big time gear guy. Which you know, it's it was funny, and I was but I was also like, all right, easy, easy with the heart, because like he kept trying to sell me other yeah. stuff. I was like these are the things that I'm trying to get. Yeah. If you get them, I'm down. Otherwise, I'm happy to take cash for that guitar. Also, I'm not driving to you next time if that's what you think's going on. Because oh, isn't no, he like he, seventy miles away? Oh yeah, and he's down down in Central Illinois. He, I, there's no doubt he would be driving this yeah. stuff up for sure. Cool. But like you said when your drummer's got a bunch of drums, those things take up a lot of space. Fucking All lot of, of a space, sudden dude. you're like, Oh, I got to get rid of these. All right. I'll drive yeah. across the state. To your wife's them. like, you can have one of these and that's it. <laughs> oh man, dude. Although, Oh man. So I, I think I'm kind of about to contradict, contradict myself. I'm selling that Gretsch mm-hmm. and I've got it. I started, I did the usual, which is what I usually do. First place is Craigslist. Yeah, it's free. It kind of like forces me to write, think about the listing, get the po- the pictures all together. Then I essentially just like copy and paste that yeah, to Facebook that's marketplaces. A good move. Yeah, put it all in like my Facebook groups. And then if it doesn't move in a few days, then I hit hit the old reverb. Reverb, yeah. And so I put it on reverb that Gretsch uh, sixty seven Gretsch sixty one oh four, and uh, within a couple of days I've been starting to get some offers and messages I'm and sure. whatever. And I got a message from this other dude who's like, hey. Um, 
really, really interested in that guitar. Would you open any partial trades? And he mentions that he's got a VT40 and really a yeah. VT40 and immediately yeah. starts trying to like sell me on a VT40. Little does he know, like we've spent a lot of time talking yeah. about this on this show. I freaking love those amps. It's one of my favorite guitar amps in the world. Insane. And, and you know, I know a lot about them and, and all this stuff. And so, and so like, I kind of made this, like I was, I don't think I was digging, but I was like, yeah, you know, cause he told me a certain value that he thinks that they're worth right now, which was of course way above did, what Did you like let him kind of keep going or were you like, I have one of these? Already? No, of course. And I was like, oh yeah, dude, totally. Like I've got one. I, you know, I love them. Uh, here's where you, like, I see your value, what you're saying. Here's in my experience, what they're actually worth. Yeah. Uh, and I have one already. So, you know, don't necessarily yeah, need two. Definitely. And then he's like, oh, I'd make a killer stereo rig. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> would, dude. yeah you're, you're fucking right. right. Like, I didn't think about that. So man. Uh, we're in the process of negotiations right now. I think I might gonna, get it. Yeah, I think I'm going to because it'll be a cash plus. He's local, deal. I'm sure. Right. And he's local. And he said he would drive it over because those are backbreakingly heavy. Yeah. And never ship which which is funny because I think I want to have him bring it here to my house, but then like eventually, obviously, bring it to the space. But like, I think it would be funny to have my a VT40 as an at home practice amp for a little oh, while. Oh yeah, because they're just like paint rippingly loud. Uh, but my plan is if we can make this work, which I think we will, he seems like a reasonable guy and I'm being fair, uh, get the cash that I want to be able to, be able to buy the snare and like at least a snare and a symbol, and then get the amp and then. Keep live with having two VT40s for a while because this one is a little <laughs> bit older than the one that I have right, right now. Yeah. So slightly different circuit and different rockers. Probably an earlier one, right? It's a couple years earlier. And uh, figure out which one I like better. Eventually get rid of one, turn that into something Yeah, and else. you got a good deal on the uh, the first one. So, I mean, if you sold oh, it, you could still definitely deal, make deal some money. Deal of the century on that yeah. first one. I'm still kind of embarrassed about how little yeah. I had to pay and how easy it was to get. But, I mean, sometimes people just want to get rid of stuff and you got to go check it out. They're still out there. People they, that want to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that was right. I, one last thing. on the, He also, and I was very tempted by this, and I sent you this. He also offered me a different guitar in trade as well. And I'm, like, obviously trying to get rid of guitars. I have way too many guitars right now. So, but I, I was real tempted. That Framus? That 60s Framus television, yeah. it's called. Dude, wow. those are gnarly. It's so weird looking. I had never seen that before. Yeah. It's like their jazz master, mm-hmm. but it's it's weirder. You mm-hmm. know, it's got like that made in the 60s Italy European vibe to it. Yeah. With crazy little, you can tell there are homemade single coils on there. Oh, that guitar was really cool. It's a semi hollow too, I think, right? I don't know. Honestly, it had I'm not sure. In it, Did so it? I don't, yeah, I don't see. Know. Yeah, I don't know that much about it, but I do know that I've had a lot of those like sort of inexpensive guitars from that era, and they they're usually kind of garbage. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, I mean, you would have to play it first and like really love it. And then be like, yeah, it's a good deal. And and still, I keep I look. I keep I keep going further and further in the fact that like I don't like to play anything that isn't a Gibson or Gibson like or Martin. Right. I mean, well, we'll just, we'll just stick with electrics. Like, so I'm not going to all of a sudden start to like try being a Framus player. Sure. Like I'm just finally accepting this at the age 35 that like you know I what you like, like playing the Gibsons and I'm going to stick with the Gibsons. You know what you like. Um, you start narrowing down your collection at, at that point too, which is okay. Cause yeah. then you, it, it frees up more room for other cool shit like drums, like, like drums or like, Ooh, first oh. mic stand punch of the Oopsies. episode. I, uh, we were talking about how I've kind of even been thinking about getting rid of my Telecaster because I discovered the really weird Gibson that came out in 2013. Oh. That's basically their their Telecaster. Oh with yeah, the you B-bender sent me that thing. Yeah, it. that was the interesting. Gibson man. Music City Junior. It's basically a Les Paul Junior with two P90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a almost kind of it's like a Fender style bridge and a B bender built in. Yeah, it. 
and it's got a what ash body maple neck just yeah. like a telly it's like, it's really interesting man and i know you did get rid of your other les paul that had the uh you know the coil tap on the coil it, so. taps yeah i've still got the, the i've still got the sg with p90s oh yeah so that but it, the the different wood combination will make a difference for sure and i don't have a b bender and then i could also put the g bender on there i could have mm. a b and g bender on the same guitar but they've gotten so expensive they're originally in the like 1300 range i think when they were new in 2013 and they're if you find them because they only made 200 there are there like 23 to 25 or something like that right now which yeah it was it was it was interesting not my taste out. personally yeah. i know but yeah you don't like the maple board it just doesn't look you know how i am i like everything to look the way it looked in like 1960 you do yeah. so it's like for me i'm like oh it just kind of hurts my brain a little yeah. but i could definitely see it being a cool guitar man like for sure it would just be it would be even easier for me to i'll always have my fender bass i'm never getting rid of that bass i bought from you but like i could see myself only having gibson electric yeah, guitars at some for point sure. because i just like keep moving for so as much as i like my telly i just i, don't I know didn't know I you were mind. gonna get rid of the telly i'm i hadn't thought about well actually the, i remember the last time i thought about it, it was when we had good friend and one of our first guests uh, in the early early days shelby pollard on the podcast mm -hmm. and uh, i was actually kind of thinking about getting rid of my telly at the time and he was like no nah, dude keep that guitar it's really good and yeah. i haven't thought about it until now <laughs> finding out about this music city. but i also think you know if you're not using it at all then i use it i play okay it. I, I bust it out every once in a while it really for some reason that guitar plus kemper is just like delightful in every way that's a good guitar like if you play a show and you bring your les paul and then another guitar for like different songs or something i i've already been thinking about that a lot lately because i am about to start playing it's like shows the opposite again. tone but yeah i don't but see the thing is is i just like playing the gibson so much i think i'm gonna do the les paul and the 335 that's oh, gonna okay. be the thing and like i'll that. keep one in one tuning one in the other tuning nice that's kind of the current thoughts on that whole thing i know but that's a lot that's a lot of those are two of my two of my most valuable possessions bringing on the stage every night you got a gig you got a gig your, you know, know your nice guitar we talk right. about that we do sometimes talk about it but i mean do have you ever brought both of your early 60s i would if i if i had a double gig bag i just uh yeah yeah i definitely would but see that i can't get there are there is no double gig bag that will accommodate both a 335 right. and a les paul it'd have to be some weird custom jobby or some custom gerbers and that's i don't know i like the idea um yeah. i mean they're my two fair they're the two guitars i play those two on my martin like 99.9 percent .9 of the time mm -hmm. sometimes i'll bust out a nylon string or whatever but those are the guitars i play and they're actually all sitting on the living room right now yeah we get to look at them get to, get to check them out um but man uh got some more gear what too. else I don't I I don't know if you want to keep talking about all the shit that I got yeah, recently. This is a Gearbuds uh, podcast. This is this is kind of an exciting one and super random uh, because we had actually I'm pretty positive we had even talked about this in a previous episode, uh, the whole reverb thing where artists sell off a bunch of their mm -hmm. gear. Just so happened to be online, uh, actually chatting with you uh, when the Tosin Abasi from Animals as Leaders yeah. sale went, started happening. And I was looking through, I was like, man, there's there are actually a few things in there that I have wanted and they're not that expensive. Like they're, they were all sort of at the top range of what they would usually be used. But, but reasonable, not, like, not more. Not adding money be, because right. somebody famous. Exactly. It. Like you could, there are, I could have saved probably $15 if yeah. I, or $20 if I, because I did make an offer. Anyways. Long story short, I got a pedal from Tosin Abasi, yeah. and it's on my board right now, so um, I'm not going to pull that off to do show and tell. But no, I we got the, we remember we played with we it did, last week. We yeah. did, but it's the MXR submachine. It's like a, uh, for those who don't know, it's like a fuzz octave down and octave up pedal, so it's kind of pretty flexible. Mm -hmm. I really like it for the big fat sub, sub, sub octave, because it gets it's it does that low octave real nice. Did you have a sub octave pedal before that one? I use the, I've had many over the years. Right but now I use the, 
in the boss ms3 there is an octave oh, okay um, and like i only use the other like effects wise i only use reverb in that but sometimes i i have one of the switches set up where i can just turn an octave down and it's and it sounds good but the it's not as like gnarly as the submachine so it's yeah. it's a nice like you know don't use it most of the time but when you need things to get crazy kick it on and yeah for like a solo or something muse or whatever mode death yeah. above Love it, um, but I did. I want. I've got it over here, uh, and and because our our loyal listeners know that we're big fans of boxes around here, it did come with the original box. Cool. So I can hand you that right wow. now. It's got like you know his. Tosin touched this thing. He did, and and that pedal was actually on his pedal board, so that's pretty neat. I've I have video evidence of that, and you can tell that it was used for sure. And um, but I didn't know this was a thing, and and it was kind of exciting when it came. It came with a certificate of authenticity yeah. signed and dated and everything by Tosin. Like, yeah. And and it's got an embossed reverb logo and stuff, which is a neat little touch. Like keep that with the box when I go to eventually resell this. Like sure. I do everything at all <laughs> that I've ever had. Uh, I have all that cool documentation to say like, oh, by the way, this is not only that cool pedal. Here's it, the box with Tosin's yeah, certificate. I, I bet he has to like go through Reverb and probably, you know, uh, authenticate that it's him selling all this stuff. And then Reverb probably puts those those certificates together, I would guess, right? So I... I should. We've got a lot of our friends over there. I should ask them. In fact, we're going to have a couple on the on the show yeah. sooner rather than later. But I think that a lot of them, uh, all the gear actually gets sent to Reverb in Chicago here, ah. and then they kind of handle the the sale from there. I see. Like yeah, he, that makes sense. He does like all the um, certificates and stuff, and mm-hmm. then just mails all that shit because he's out and I think he's in LA. Yeah, and right? it probably came pretty quick too. I would guess. I got it within a day or two. Yeah. yeah. In so fact, I had even I hit them up to see if um, I could just pick it up, and I was like, no dice. <laughs> but the the nice thing was that they had to make an offer button, and yeah. I made an offer, and it wasn't unreasonable, and they accepted it. Love so, it. Yeah. Pretty excited to say that my pedal board now has a Tosin pedal. So it's there. quote unquote complete right now. It's complete. Well, yeah, because I got the harmonic percolator on there too, which I wasn't able to fit at first. And it's, Damn right. Dang, it's, it's now. I it's I did want to just glaze over that for a second because we talked about it a little bit. Uh, the harmonic percolator. Yeah, I wanted to see how does it. I did. You know, I knew you had a copy of that, but yeah. I didn't realize it was the exact copy of yeah. that. How does how do they match up to you? Yeah, I, well, visually they're almost identical. It's right. just, it is literally the same boxes. The graphics are a little bit different, just a little bit. And then on the '70s version, you can see where the um, there's like a pedal mount uh, and a little bracket on the inside of the pedal uh, and the inside of the case. Uh, on the '70s version, you can see the rivets on the front. On the Theramaniacs official reissue from the '90s that I have, it doesn't. It's not in the, like it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, tone wise, they are different. They're okay. They're in the same ballpark, and and nothing else that I have uh, that isn't a direct clone because I have obviously a number of those sounds anything like it. But they do sound different from each other. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of reasons for that. One is obviously a lot older. The components have aged, sure. whatever. But it's th- that one that we're talking about. The Theramaniacs is the part for part identical clone it's the official i was gonna remake. say if you opened them up would they have the same board and everything like that? they have yeah but the components of course like they're I not gonna have, have changed over the, the years right identical like the values and everything are the same but it's mm-hmm. not the just the same parts they don't they would have died by now anyways. yeah that makes sense uh the i will i feel like the um the original has i won't say less gain but it, it does feel like a slightly less amount of gain overall interesting it's a little Man, I don't know. Now we're getting into weird esoteric tone words, but it's sort of like a little, uh, a little warmer, a little rounder, maybe. I love that. I guess <laughs> I hate. I hate it. It's like vinyl. It's bro. certainly not as bright, which I think can be mm-hmm. uh, a turnoff for some people. You have to know how to like deal with that on on the circuit. Um, 
I love them both. I will never put the original on my board because I don't want to put Velcro on the back because yeah. it's just worth an insane amount of money. Uh, and and the one that I have, which is also not a cheap pedal on there right now, I don't feel bad putting Velcro on the back of that. Like, you know, you can still get them. And uh, it sounds close enough that, like, it doesn't feel like a huge concession not to have that on my pedal board. But now I also don't have to worry about, like, the uh, multi-thousand dollar pedal getting stolen off there that said i do have the moog uh analog delay on there which itself is an extraordinarily expensive yeah. pedal but uh yeah i don't know there's something about it being vintage that just like i can't do it i wouldn't do it because you can always record with it and use it and then you got the copy for the for the live stuff for the live want. stuff and yeah. and and they do sound different so it's nice to have both options yep. but it, it did it did feel just like uh more of a kind of a an accomplishment as a, as a musician to get one. I, I, I imagine a lot of people feel that way about getting like an original clon or an original fuzz face or something like that. It's just one of those things where maybe it might not sound that much better, but you feel like it's just a, been this goal that you've been working towards. And right. then sometimes you have friends named Stingray that just decide to buy them <laughs> and make it easy for you to get them. So, um, but speaking of Stingray, I do have that other, we haven't talked about, I do yeah. have his other pedal, uh, which is super rare. The Sistec, uh, harmonic energizer. Yeah, that thing's cool which we originally talked about with Balthazar and the episode he was on. What's up? Shout out Balthazar amps. Yep. Go buy all of them. Uh, and, but so the reason I want to talk about it now is because I got a clone of that too. Uh, there's a company called Lone Wolf Audio that makes the only, that I could find direct clone of the SysTech Harmonic Energizer. And even then it's not a direct clone because it, the original pedal has a gain knob, um, it's like frequency and width or essentially. But so it's like, like the closest of, one to it. Probably. Yeah. And then this one basically breaks the gain into two separate controls. It's okay. like input and output. Uh, you can get very close to the original sound with the one that I have uh, with the, with the clone. I will, but not like you can get to very, very close to certain sounds. They do sound a bit different. The, I feel like the the clone is a little more usable across all of the bands, the whole all the sweep of the knobs. The uh, original has some cooler sounds in general, but like most of the sweep is not usable. Like there are only a couple really cool sounds, and then the rest is kind of like, yeah, I would never use that. I would never use that. Whereas yeah. I can get to like really cool sounds throughout all of the the clone, but it's not like um, it's, it doesn't quite hit it, it. Doesn't it doesn't quite juice me up as much as the original does. So yeah. you know, whatever. I'm just gonna. I think Stingray already wants that pedal back, but. <laughs> like holding off because i want to keep using it you got to come get it buddy yeah exactly um dude wow i feel like i just spent a lot of time doing a little gear on a gear podcast no way oh my gosh uh so if you don't mind how about we uh how we kick it over to my favorite segment each week dave's docs dave's docs i thought you were almost gonna do like my favorite segment dave's docs Docs. like real nice in front of the fire asmr uh well this doc definitely needs the aggressive tone of dave dave's docs um man i don't know how i feel about this one uh and i want to have more of a discussion about this one what do you think about what do you think about gg allen oh you watched it yeah. i haven't seen that documentary yet i it's have, on showtime yeah and it's yeah. called i think it's called like all in the family or something like that okay yeah it's it isn't like his kids in it or something yeah like it's that? his brother kind of keeps his like website going and stuff oh. and then uh his mom's in it well, give um, us give us a little give us a little quick little recap. What's his what's his deal? Because yeah, uh, he's got so a crazy story. For people who don't know about Gigi Allen, he was a, a punk rock singer in like the well, he started in like the seventies, but was most famous kind of in the eighties and then the early nineties, um, before he passed away in ninety three. And he was, I guess you could say, the most extreme uh, frontman ever that ever lived, as far as like 
you know, um, he would cut himself. He would roll around in his own doo-doo shit on stage and throw it at people and get in fights, like punch his fans in the face. And like, they liked it for the most part, you know? And it was very strange though. Cause you see him like, like some of this footage they show from the eighties, like he's just in like a dive bar. Like they have like Miller signs hanging oh, yeah. on the wall and stuff. It's not like he's in like some venue and it's, or like an art gallery. Um, it's, you know what it is, man. And like, people are like, Oh, Gigi Allen's God and all this stuff. And, and I could see where they're coming from. I think on paper, it's kind of like, Oh, whoa, that's awesome. You know? Mm-hmm. But then you really see footage of it and you're like, dude, this is fucking disturbing, man. Totally. Yeah. It's, he was definitely, I don't know if you could say the first, but he was one of the, uh, most extreme sort of shock, shocking yeah. shock rock guys. hundred uh, percent. But, you know, really lived this particular punk ethos that I think people try to have, have tried to ascribe to. Yeah. And, and he was, could. you know, obviously like very mentally disturbed, mm-hmm. you know, total alcoholic, total junkie, any, any drug, any booze that was there, he would do it. Um, you know, it was just, it was interesting because I don't know, I guess like he, he said he grew up like listening to Alice Cooper, mm-hmm. you know, that was like the big shock thing for what late, late sixties. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that was obviously a huge influence. And then just to take something like that and be like, so take it so much further, you know? Yeah. I think so. It's, it's really, it's compelling and it's, and it's obviously just like this rock and roll mythology thing, but I've never, I've tried and I've just never really listened to any of the song, like any of this, none of the songs really resonated with me. Yeah. That was kind of the thing. I didn't go in and like, I didn't go back and like listen to them. Um, you know, and the footage they have is so bad that Mm -hmm. like everything just sounds like mush. Right. Um, but you know, it's just hardcore aggressive, like vocals, like he would do shows though, where he, he played one in Chicago specifically from this place called the warehouse, which was like Hmm. a dance club in like the late seventies. And then it kind of became a rock venue in the eighties, um, right downtown Chicago, which is pretty funny. And basically his show was like four minutes long. So like the footage is the whole show. And then they're like, you know, you're like, Oh, it's only four minutes. And it was like, no, that was it. Like he would just be done. Yeah. You know, he would just start throwing poop at people. wasn't and, wasn't doing the boss uh, three and a half hour. It wasn't a th- no marathon set. Yeah, I don't know, man. So set it, breaks. Um, you know, I I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I give the recommendation probably like a you know maybe like a five out of ten uh, feces poop slings. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's a good, if you like him, you know, I think everybody kind of knows, you know, about him, but if you want to see it like for real, uh, then check it out, you know, and the documentary is well done. I'm glad you checked it out. I've been wanting to for a while and I just still haven't gotten around to it. It's worth checking out, you know, and uh, shout out to his brother who keeps the band going. Yeah. You know, they, uh, they still play the original drummer still plays. Um, but there's, there's some disturbing shit in it. So viewer beware on that one. Literally. Yeah. Dude. Good one. Yeah. What do you got for us today? Got you, got you another entry to the Riff Library here, yeah. which uh, we've already talked about a little bit. Uh, I think maybe we weren't recording yet. Uh, we're we're kind of widening. We've been widening the scope of Riff Library to include like records it. lately yeah. because I just don't have time to read that many books. Yeah. And uh, we we should talk about music on here because it's it's Gearbuds. I love it. And and we both have pretty good record collections, so I think, and I bet our listeners do too. So this is always helpful stuff. Yeah. Here's just another recommendation coming at you. This one. Uh, comes to you from a little man named John Vanderslice, and it is Life and Death of an American Four Tracker. Let me grab the uh, beautiful the sleeve here for you. Yeah, you played some of this for me this morning when I got here. I so. did. Yeah, I was giving it a little spin. Uh, just a quick aside, I was originally had intended on doing a different record today, and then um, couldn't actually find it in my collection. So <laughs> I decided that this was because every bit is worthy of recommendation. So busted it out. Uh, came out in two thousand two. It's, uh, let's see, I'm going to make a couple notes. All right, okay, so John Vanderslice. Uh, I, I don't think I'd ever really listen to them, but I, I'm pretty sure he was in a band called MK Ultra 
uh, in the 90s and then he started doing the solo thing um he owns tiny telephone studios in san francisco i don't know if they're still in oakland location or not uh but he he's kind of known for doing the all analog thing not doing computer recording all, all the tape that kind of stuff um this record in particular like i said came out in 2002 and it is a concept record mm-hmm. uh which essentially kind of follows the journey mental journey of this uh, recording engineer this songwriter whatever uh person uh and from a relatively healthy state of mind to kind of psychosis and um the songs are great you know it's not just one of those concept things where it's a lot of weird ambient sounds and no real structure or anything there is some a little bit of that not yeah. not too much more is kind of like interstitial connective tissue but the uh the way that he sort of forms the story it's told lyrically, you know, and some of it's pretty literal, like the song me and my four, two, four is literally about this, his kind of a love for this Tascam Porta studio, four, two, four, eight track recording machine. Uh, and, and, you know, the boxes of extra parts that he has and all the sort of fetishization, but so and, and the record starts in a very sort of acoustic, it rocks and it's still kind of thick and, heavy but mostly kind of acoustic or instrumentation it's got acoustic guitars and violins and acoustic drums and then as this person kind of degrades mentally through this thing that's happening uh the instrumentation becomes more and more synthetic with like bleeps and bloops and synths and kind of like uh, man-made created type sounds and um it's really good, dude. The whole record sounds amazing from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that he's known for and, of course, has led him to record a bunch of other famous artists and such. Um, but the players on the record are great, too. He's got uh, Jim Eno, drummer from Spoon. There's people from, like, Mates of State and, uh, I don't know, there's other there's other big players on there, but highly recommend it. Life and Death of an American 4-Tracker. Give it a listen start to finish. Yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to it because we listened to the first two tracks when I got here yeah. and I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, and it, and it and it draws you in. It doesn't it's not the sort of thing you're going to want to just like skip to track 6, which I mean of course there are great songs that I've gone on to listen to on their own, but it's it really rewards a sort of front to back full listening of the record. So Hell that's yeah. my riff library for the week, man. Nice. Woo! All right. I feel like I need a little breather. Yeah. Let's. If we, if we had if we had breaks, <sighs> if we took breaks in the show, which is not like, a thing that we like do. ad breaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Check out Sattva mattresses. Use code word. Hey man, we, you know what? We welcome. I'll 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 sell some mattresses. Fuck on yeah! I'll sell fucking anything, sure. bro. Uh, maybe th- maybe. But we have we have had a sponsor that was cool. Yeah. That shout out. Just let's give a little shout out to our friends Access Analog. Access. Go check it up. out. Go. I don't think. You, promo code gearbuds works anymore yeah. but uh you know if you guys want to work with us again we'll, we'll, we'll happily get yeah. you going uh man so obviously we already touched on it a little bit at the top of the show but there's some crazy stuff going on in the world right now and it's having some very direct shitty impacts on the music industry and our friends in particular i, I mean south by southwest just got canceled pretty much every live event that it varies city by city has a certain amount of people there are getting canceled or limited. Um, shows are getting canceled. Uh, it's having a direct impact on a lot of our friends and listeners. I'm sure, man, mm-hmm. it's uh it's, it's hard. It's, it's a hard time to be an enter- an entertainment right now because people are talking about all their events getting canceled, their yeah. tours getting canceled and then just like literally not knowing what they're going to do for work for the next couple months. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy time. So, you know, it sucks because, like, for instance, tonight 
was uh, intending on going to see former guest Mark Najjar. His right. band Huntsman was going to do their record release show tonight. The fucking Super conservatory. Cool at, at the Garfield Park Conservatory, and they had to cancel it, which I get. I totally understand why they have to cancel it, but that, like, really sucks. So I was kind of, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time talking about it because I feel like everybody is right now. Yeah. But it's something that is having a really direct impact on people in this world and just wanted to acknowledge that and, and, and also say, say, hey, like, to anybody listening, if you were if you were planning on going to one of these shows or whatever, like these people were relying on that for their income. So if you can, like, buy some merch, buy yep. their like if you if you want to check out the Huntsman record, buy it buy it on vinyl Dude, right now. Buy it on pack, Bandcamp. I think, did the pack come out today? I think I, I saw know. it this morning. It's gorgeous, man. They've got it's like double vinyl with like it's like the multicolor, oh. like like swirly bowling oh. ball style. Oh. Um, it comes with a, a illustrated graphic novel. Dude, I mean, you got to get that. I know what I'm doing after we're done here. Hell so yeah. support the artists while we can, while we can't go and see them live and, you know, just be safe and wash your hands and do all that shit. Um, all right, let's talk about some future gear. Let's do it. Got a couple things I found out about recently. Uh, well, that's not totally true, but we'll get to that. Uh, first one, it's called sub fretboard. Have you heard about this? I have not. It, okay. So I, in my research, it seemed like, uh, first start information information about it first started showing up on the internet less than a year ago um but it's what it is it's it's essentially a new fretboard system where instead of the typical way of creating a fretboard on a guitar where you've got a piece of wood and then you just like for lack of a deeper explanation hammer some piece of metal wire into the top yeah. that that creates how you intonate the guitar that creates how you fret the guitar that's it that's what mm-hmm. we've been doing for a really pretty long time. simple yeah what this system does instead mills the entire fretboard assembly mm-hmm. from a single piece of it's what well, i wrote it down so i could remember it's called zikril i believe it's like a aluminum alloy oh and so it's hard to obviously explain this without a visual aid but imagine the entire the entire fretboard of the guitar all the metal parts and then they go down really deep and instead of instead of hammering the metal pieces into the wood you insert the wood into the spaces in the where there is our metal frets. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole assembly that goes from the bridge all the way up to the, uh, the nut. And it's just like this long, this long sort of rectangle. Mm-hmm. And then there's frets and then there's like gaps in between each one. And then the wood goes in that. And then yeah. the pickups go on the top of this little like divot at the end. So rather than it's basically using it's the a lot opposite. more metal. Yeah. It's, it's like, kind of the opposite. You still put, yeah. Instead of putting, so wood, is there like metal a metal, wood, a metal backing behind it? There's then? a metal backing behind it. And then that goes sort of, underneath where the original usual fretboard would be the neck kind of assembly stays the mm-hmm. same on the guitar but where the fretboard goes and then down now imagine it going down to the bridge there's also this like little scoop down and then the pickups go into the top of that okay so it all sort of connects and the idea is that uh, they've have figured out that essentially the way that we've been doing things really puts a huge focus on the fundamental note like the main pitch but there's a lot of uneven response with the rest of the harmonics and they've done all these measurements and, and all of this testing and, and they've been able to show that with their system, it creates much more even and, and rich harmonic content all the way up the harmonic ladder. So mm-hmm. the notes tend to in, in the videos that I've heard and what they're sort of positing is that notes tend to sound more balanced, especially across the fretboard. Everything is a lot more sort of even and resonant. There mm. are a lot of videos out there. I shouldn't say a lot. There are a number of videos out there and the guitars sound cool, you know, like yeah. they did comparisons to other, like the one video I saw is like going back and forth with their guitar to like an 83 Gibson Explorer, which I was like, fuck yeah. Right. Right. Um, 
I don't know, man. What's your? I, I feel like I, I feel like that's uh, that's the th- thing. What do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to see it. I mean, is the body is the body wood or is the body body still wood? The neck is still wood. The headstock still wood. It's just it just has more metal inside of the wood of the neck, basically. Correct. And then instead of again, instead of inlaying metal into a fretboard, you're basically inlaying wood into metal. Into metal. Yeah. Interesting. So it still so it's has probably that same more, way more stable. I would assume. I don't. Th- so the guitar that they made, I don't think he has a truss rod. Right. It had, but there are sort of like carbon fiber reinforcement uh, strips. That's that really interesting. Uh, it sounded cool. I, like, I think I would be most interested in it if I could take a guitar that already exists and put that system into it. But yeah. it would require definitely hogging out a bunch of wood and shit. Yeah. Um, so I checked it. I checked into the company, and I don't think that you can actually. I think they might have done a Kickstarter where you could get their like custom made guitars. But what they did was they went to this past Nam in order to meet people so that they could then license the technology to others. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the idea of this company is ever to sub fretboard as a company is to ever like be a manufacturer of guitars. Right. Or cause you have to sell whole bodies. You can't just do next because the it extends it's down connected. into the body. Right, 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 right. I think they wanted, you know, your Gibsons or whoever of the world to, to like want to buy, buy the technology from them. Yeah. Um hmm. so I don't know any I have I haven't been able to find any sort of information about that follow up part of this if they were successful they're not there are videos from nam where they're there uh but i don't know it's it's an interesting idea and i would i would personally i don't want to poo poo it too much until i actually try it are they on the market as like you can buy one right now or i couldn't find any any way to so maybe, buy anything maybe they're just working for that kind of that uh to sell the idea it's I, i'm pretty sure they did a kickstarter where they were like selling because they have made their own guitars and yeah, i think that maybe they've the Kickstarter was to buy some of those. I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't find any specific information about that, Hmm. but it's, it's interesting enough that I thought it was worth having a little chat about it because it's a completely different way of approaching. And it's, and, and it's all CNC. It's not like hand welded. There's no welding. It's all single uniform piece. And that, I guess that's the secret is that it has to be this like single continuous piece of metal. That's all milled from the same block and everything. It's not like you're hammering, frets down into this other board or yeah. anything like that um huh. yeah i don't know it's sub, uh, sub fret they're sub, called sub fretboard.com if you okay. want to find out some more information i'm actually i'm thinking about just i don't know like maybe i can reach out to them and be like yo i want to test this shit out yeah what we got so we'll see uh dude, dude i saw another really cool video i think i sent it to you reverb posted it uh it is about imogen heap yeah and her gloves midi control gloves <laughs> so that weird. are so insane yeah. like I, when i first because i knew she'd been doing this for a long time and oh, developing okay. these things and i and i kind of always thought it was cool but i guess maybe i think probably underestimated what they were actually doing a little yeah, bit it was neat to have her explain have her explain in this really nicely made reverb video just like her on stage like getting ready for sound check yeah. or something going through like here is how i actually use these things and it is incredible the amount of detail these things are able yep. to capture they're called the oh let me look uh mimu i believe M-I-M-U. yeah i was gonna M-I-M-U say gloves yeah and they're actually now for sale as well oh uh so you can buy them they're they're very expensive uh, i i think one glove is like thirteen hundred dollars it's okay. maybe 26 for a pair and uh, the way that in, in the video that she goes through she shows exactly how she used them and they basically they're really super advanced MIDI controllers that you can map almost anything you can imagine that you do with MIDI to 
hand motions and 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 these motions are not just like moving your fingers around or twisting right. it's full 360 yep. it kind of like measures it in space raising them up and down and raising them up and down and forth. like nine different hand gestures yeah you know you could make the middle finger one i'm yeah. sure if you wanted sure. to there's like the rock symbol yep. and she does all this insane stuff in real while she's just singing with her voice as normal and it was actually pretty cool in the video because she wears this like crazy wing harness yeah. of lights that was around throwing her me head. off i'm like do you need to wear that too During is that part video? of it uh, yeah exactly Exactly. But it, I, I don't know if you noticed they were they were definitely like motion or sound activated. They were they were oh. like with her singing, they were doing different stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of that's coming soon, I'm sure. So she's got these gloves and, and it's through a piece of software called Glover, which is a little cheeky uh, and then controlling Ableton live. And in the real time, she's singing through all these different reverb and looper and pitch effects and all the stuff that she can control like dozens of parameters with just with the way that she's motioning with her yep. hands she's you, you basically need a, a wi-fi router communicated via wi-fi yeah so that's a, that's probably going to be a big challenge for a lot of people but i don't know man like i i've never seen something so expressive for musical control and it's this kind of idea of bridging our this humanity thing with this like computer thing that we're always talking about in future right. gear and i don't know that i've seen anything that more effectively well it's kind of like when the talk down. the talk box came out in like the 70s or whatever do you feel yeah like I do? <laughs> but that's kind of that same idea like really connecting the human with the you know with the machine Man, dude I have never, I've never tried a real talk box before, like with the tube in the mouth and everything. I've, I've only done the, like the Korg one that, you know, on the Korg uh, mini synth thing. Like vocoders, yeah, that vocoder, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've also used, there was, oh man, quack, 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 quack. there was another one, there was like another company that made one where you didn't have to use your, a tube that I tried. Shit. I can't think of what it was. It was basically like that talk box, but without the tube, dude, those talk boxes are crazy. You have to have, like you have to run it into a PA. You can't just like run that in line into your, into your guitar amp. It needs to have a separate guitar amp wow. and PA. And then the tube goes in your mouth and it just like measures how you're opening your mouth. It's not like I've volume. seen the old ones. It's gross. It's like a plastic it's super tube. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> so there've been a lot of different takes on that. The Rocktron Banshee, yeah. for instance, good call on the, on the, on the talk well, it's just, box. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Talk box talks. Talk box talks. It reminded me of that just from like the technology of like how far can you take, you know, the human form, the vocals, and then and then connect it to this machine. Yeah. Well, and, it even, and it allowed her to still be controlling her voice with just one hand. And then she was playing a keyboard with her left hand yeah. still. So you can still sing and play and do real time control, which I don't know any other way to have that much control while doing two things like that. When she did the reverse thing, like there's one movement yeah. where it, it says what she said in reverse and then she says it backwards and it says it forward. It was creepy. That blew my mind. Yeah. She said hello backwards yeah. and then like, the, then just ran it back and it sounded like, yeah. it was fucking crazy. So cool. I was, I think it, we were talking about that. It was like early and I was like, dude, I'm not even stoned, but this shit is yeah. freaking me out right now. You gotta blowing get, my dang mind. You got to get Mark a set of those too, those gloves. I, I, okay. I thought about sending him the link and then I was like, do I want to open that can of yeah. worms? <laughs> do I want to? Yeah, dude. I know. And well, cause we're in the process of putting together like a full vocal setup for yeah. him right now with different effects and everything that, which we yeah, talked about before, but that man, that death by audio echo, echo yeah. machine or echo master is amazing. Very that cool. I, I cannot recommend that highly enough for a vocalist. It does just like a little bit of ambience and like the little slapback perfectly well. But man, you can do some crazy whacked out shit too with really? like real feedback and nasty digital, not even digital, like crunchy yeah. fuzz stuff. Awesome. Uh, and the the preamp sounds really good. So a little shout out, Death by Audio, Echo Master. I think it's Echo Master. I'll go get one of those. Also go get the, I'm going to try it, Mimu 
Mimu gloves. Go get them. So we can try them out because yeah. it's a big investment. It's you have not only do you have to have the gloves, which are expensive, but you have to figure out how to have Ableton use. or whatever MIDI control software we've got used, and then like the front end of the computer, and you know, yeah, it's, she, a, it's I'll, an undertaking. I'll be honest. When she was explaining some of it, I was like, "What?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, she's showing how they, you know, you calibrate it with each of the fingers and yeah. everything, and I, I was like, "Well, that's cool. That seems simple enough." And then she went into some other stuff, and I was like, "Okay." I'm going to have to let Henry uh, handle this one. Yeah, I, I, I'm, man, I'm curious. I, I think it will be really cool to, because you could in theory still like play guitar while wearing these things too. Yeah, so it they might be cool to like, to have moment or movements controlled like by where you yes. are on the fretboard or like how hard you're strumming Dude. or moving your hand around doing the f- little finger pick. You could totally do that. You I could bet. definitely do it. I know, but you'd, you know, of course, then you have to have like a computer set up and dude, and imagine if you were a drummer and had those things on, man. What? And you could, con- dude, you can control lights. It doesn't even have to be like sound oh. or anything. You could have the way your hands moving around controlling lights or like video or, uh, damn, dude, projections and I don't know, light strobe lights, smoke machines. All right. If you guys are listening to this, uh, we want to play with some, so hook us up, please. Get, get us some of the memos. <laughs> if Imogen Heap, if you're listening to this ap- yeah. episode, please send us some memo gloves because we will take it to the next level. <laughs> or at least Mark will because he's an industrious yeah. MFR. Speaking of, one last thing I want to touch on. We talked about it a little bit already. Uh, man, I don't know when it's going to happen, but Gear Buds is going to be moving out of my living room. We're getting a bat cave, We're dude. getting work. <laughs> I love that little tone cave. Hell yeah, man. Uh, we're in the process of, uh, and I thought of it because of Mark, uh, he, we went in there a couple days ago and, and this, this space is amazing, but it's, it's a little worse for the wear. It's a little dirty and grimy. So we've just been like power cleaning and mm-hmm. did power clean the whole control room where we're going to be moving into. And it is beautiful now, man. It's got like big old block glass windows and it's a real control room with like a it's lifted off the ground it's got a desk and i've already got the the boom mic in there we just gotta we just gotta get you know maybe a little rug get a little a little guest couch in there some candles um oh definitely candles but it's awesome because it's a control room and it sounds great um i can move out of the living room but it's also in a giant practice and recording space right. so we can fucking jam and hang out with our guests and play drums and synthesizers. It's and like exactly what we were talking about. It's exactly what we were That's talking so about. Perfect, so man. pretty stoked about that. Awesome. I don't know exactly. I've still got to make a plan of attack because I've got all the recording gear here and I definitely want to have recording gear here. Mm-hmm. I have two sets of monitors. I, I think I'll, I'm going to probably keep my really nice ones here because I have, I can have the K, the K rocks over there. That'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so still do mixing and such over here, but I, I have to decide because I do want to be able to record full drums and everything over there. So it might make sense to bring my bigger recording thing that I'm going to have to buy a smaller UAD thing, decide where I don't know where things are going to live yet, Yeah. but I do know I'm going to have m- almost all of my recording gear there. I'll probably, ke- you know, I can't decide if I want to have my Kemper at home. I feel like, I feel like Kemper might be an at home thing. Yeah. I don't know. Or Maybe I just have to get another one and do that. Just thing. get two. Just get a couple two. Couple V, couple VT forties, uh, a couple you Kempers. Got, a, you already got one. Just get two. So I got one of each. What's Maybe I get two of each. Yeah, I know that's the problem with this like migration. But I, th- I feel like it's a, it's a good step yeah, for us. It's awesome. Uh, we're, we're gonna have a, a nice, a nice place to bring our guests. And I'm hang excited, out and man. Do the thing. So I don't know when that's gonna happen yet. We're at episode forty-seven here. I don't. Maybe by episode fifty, we can be over there. Cool. Oh, we've got to figure this out too. Just a little last little shout out to all my meat hunks. Uh, we're going on little meat hunks cabin next weekend oh, so yeah. god we're gonna have to figure out when we're gonna we got to make sure we record we'll get one before, in next week before and then i'll get it ready in the pipe to, to luckily uh, neither week. of us are working day jobs right now so yeah knock on wood i might actually uh 
that might change for me very All soon, right. unfortunately. Fortunately or unfortunately, you know how I guess it's a matter of perspective. Yeah. Dude, that was a that was a wide ranging episode right there. Yeah. Wait, can we talk about one more thing? Yeah, what do you got? I wanted to talk about old paint. Oh ooh, I thought this was really interesting because it's kind of it's kind of like Future Gear, but it's also kind of like yeah, old stuff. Dude, I'm glad I, I, I we forgot about that. Yeah. One. It's been on the list. I've for been, a I've been while I here. wanted to talk about it last week, but old I didn't paint. want to bore our guests. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, you sent me an article, or I think you posted it on the doc, but um, basically, people, some people are taking old paint from you know from cars from like the '60s, from junkyards and stuff like that, because um, that was the same paint they sprayed guitars with back in the mm-hmm. day. And they're actually finding a way to break it down chemically back into a liquid, like shaving it all off the frame of whatever car door or whatever you have, mm-hmm. breaking it down into a liquid and then respraying old guitars with it that may, you know, might want to refin, you know, factory style refin. And it ages much, much faster than brand new nitro. It does. And it flakes and falls apart and looks amazing. I, what's your opinion yeah, on it, man? It's, it's that, yeah, that's right. I saw that. I think it was the My Les Paul forum. It's a lot of work to go through. And there, yeah, there were examples of that. And also like, so that's the paint. And then there's the actual lacquer part, yes. like the outside part. Right. And they were taking it off of, you know, hundred year old tables and stuff that otherwise yeah. might just be like Pretty thrown away yep. and, and whatever. So I don't, okay. So, Am I for it? Fuck yeah, I'm for it, dude. Like, why not? That's that sounds pretty cool. I I like old guitars, probably partially because of the way they look, and uh, if that's a cool way to to make some new guitars, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, do I think it like has any impact whatsoever on the actual playability of the guitar or the tone or anything? Yeah. I mean, maybe a tiny minor little amount more so, like versus putting like a f- really thick layer of shellac or of poly. poly on yeah. Or whatever. Well, there's always the poly nitro debate, right? Or whatever. Right. And then there's nitro paint versus nitro lacquer. But and then there's like and all super shit. old, old nitro. I mean, I don't know. Woods, you know, it, it seems cool. It's, it's kind of like the ultimate, uh, I don't even know, like not cork sniffer, but just like For sure. the ultimate, just vintage like gear tone snob. gear snob yeah. thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna take all this like vintage lacquer off stuff, which I think is kind of funny and, and it's so goofy. hipster. It's like straight from the source. But it's dude. only there's definitely only old dudes doing that. There's yes. no way it's like you know Gen Z is, is yeah. getting this lacquer off old tables. It is for, I would very much it. for the dudes who like buy a new Les Paul and have it converted to like R9 well, specs. Or what whatever. I liked about it was the guy who posted who had the red Les Paul. Yeah. I think that was like a fifty or something like that yeah because that conversion to so the, the what paint. was really yeah so what was cool about that was he's just doing an old guitar so mm-hmm. i think in that sense it totally makes sense and it just makes it look as old as it was you know 30 yeah. years ago it's for, also terribly dangerous and really potentially yeah. harmful for your health like for all those sure. fumes and all that shit yeah. like it's all all really bad for you so yeah. hopefully these guys it's are not the weekend team. guy like you know doing it in his garage yeah or don't just try to pull vintage lacquer off something if, yeah without actually knowing what you're but doing. um I, yeah i wasn't really i wasn't really sure until i saw those photos of the guy who did the red les paul mm-hmm. and i was like that that might be one of the coolest looking guitars i've ever seen well and yeah that because the it is different it's not the same as lacquer and nitro that you can get right now uh i the, everything that they said in the in the that posting was basically that it was like a little more yellow looking like yeah. it had that kind of like it, yellowed it was like it came out instantly. aged and it didn't have the the shininess to it that the new stuff has you yeah know? if i was i guess like if i was the sort of person that wanted to get like a refin guitar like have a guitar an old guitar refin like i would probably be i would i would be super down with them using like an old dude if i ever lacquer. if i ever did my jazz bass which you know is already like a right you know, it's been refinished, um, which I probably won't ever. No, but if anything, you just take that finish off. Yeah. Don't put another finish But I mean, I might not even, because I just love it so yeah. much. But anyways, if I ever decided to, 
you know, to spray it with something, I would definitely consider that if that was an option. Like yeah. if somebody, somebody was like saving up, you know, cans of this shit, it'd be great. Yeah. Cause it is, I mean, I guess I don't know how much old furniture and, and car stuff is out there to be able to actually yeah. even get that. Maybe there's a lot, I don't know, but I, I, that, that random forum posting was the first time I'd ever even yeah. heard of that. And that's already a thing. few years old too. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. Let's uh, let's see if we can find some old cars and tables <laughs> and start getting into the vintage lacquer. Hey, game. we'll have some room in the living room now, right? Yeah, I, man. Seriously, I've already moved some stuff out of here, and it definitely yeah. start to feel it. So she opened it's up. gonna it's gonna be different. I'll, I'll have more room for plants. I'm definitely gonna put another tree right there. Nice. Yeah. All right, dude. Good call. I'm yeah. glad we talked old paint. Yeah, for sure. Anything else on the docket today? There are, but man, I feel like this is a, this is a natural stop. I'm 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 really good. All right, buddy. <laughs>